Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter. I'm a business and life transformation coach dedicated to inspiring you to rise up in life, love, and leadership. Well, did your mom or dad ever leave a little note inside your lunchbox? I am old enough to remember those metal lunchboxes, right? Did you have one of those? God, I love those things. Ah, with the thermos and the milk inside that I was little, like, is it cold enough? I don't know. Like, just love those lunch boxes. I think a lot of us got those notes from our parents, or maybe you put one in for your own kids from time to time. The inspiring woman I want you to meet today has authored a book that centers around one such note. Her name is Christy Hayes, and she's the founder of the Be Strong Story and the author of The Lunchbox Note a book inspired by a note that her husband wrote to her son, encouraging him to be strong, protect the weak, and love everyone. Now, not only is she the host of the Be Love podcast, but she also provides family coaching to help other families develop a mission statement and strengthen their relationships. Now, before we jump into this conversation, I want to remind you of two things. One, if you enjoy the Inspiration Rising podcast, will you share it with a friend? I want to see Hundreds of thousands of people enjoy and be inspired by these wise women that I profile on the podcast. One easy way to share the show is to take a screenshot right now of the logo that's right there on your podcast app and text it to a friend. Tell them, hey, check out the Inspiration Rising podcast on your favorite podcast app. If they don't know how to listen to a podcast, Download a podcast app on their phone. It might be Spotify, Stitcher, the Apple podcast app on their iPhone, or a Google podcast app. Yeah, search for Inspiration Rising and click subscribe. The second thing I want to remind you of is that I send out a daily inspirational text message called Inspo Text. If you want to receive this each day, just send me a text right now to 949 949- 4016090. You can text me anything. Just say hi David. What's up? I want to get the inspo text 949-401-6090. You'll get an automated reply. You'll click the link. You'll add yourself as a contact and you can start receiving the daily inspirational text message. Of course, you can unsubscribe at any time. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Christy Hayes. Christy, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. 
Yeah. So I want to hear the story behind this book. It's called The Lunchbox Note. Tell me the story behind the book. Of course. Um, And this one is a fun story. So this is about our family and it's based on a true story. So about three years ago, my son, um, we lived in St. Louis at the time and he was on the playground and was just treated not so kindly and was kind of just stressed about that. Came home, his little heart was broken and I remember my husband was traveling quite a bit. And so if you are a mother listening, you know that like making the lunches for me is the worst thing ever. Like I would rather scrub your toilet than make my kids lunches. And so I remember telling my husband, he happened to be home that that day. And I said, okay, I can't make the lunches anymore. You've got to make them for me because your kids are getting literally like crushed, you know, graham crackers and a banana. So give them some lunch. And then by the way, your little boy is being treated not so nice in the playground. He's struggling. Mm. Like write him a cute napkin note, you know, write him a note. And I had been writing notes for a while, but in the middle of the year, those, you know, those kind of go away. So I said, write him a note (laughs) and, uh, you know, change his life. So he, I didn't think he would remember. And it was interesting because when Holden came back from school, he actually had things left in his lunchbox, which he never has anything left in his lunchbox because he never eats. So he just throws it away. So I don't see. And the note happened to be in there and just on a white, like literally napkin um, with a Sharpie, it said, be strong, protect the weak, love everyone. And I remember reading it and going, this is the greatest message. I was a little mad that I hadn't come up with it myself. (laughs) Um, But I was like, wow. I was like, this is so great. And I love making like mission for, you know, goals and values. And we do that a lot for ourselves personally, but I think we don't do that for our families. And this was something that I felt like, man, our family could really do this. Like this Mm -hmm. is something that we could do together as a family. And so I remember just putting on Facebook and People were like, oh, I want that to be our mission too. And so anyway, it became this kind of organic thing where people were requesting that, you know, we make t-shirts and we do all these different things. So fast forward, it has become um, a business for us and uh, a small company that just journeys with other families to love and serve others through serving, through um, building kinship with the vulnerable, um, and so that note has honestly spurred on so many different things um, for our family, but it was just from a lunchbox note. So the the whole book is just Holden's story, how our family um, then used that note to do other things and love on others. And it's just a story of, of kids. I hope that when they read this and families read this, that it inspires them to love others in their own way. Who would you say that the book is for? I know it's for everyone, of course, but like target audience, like who would you say it's best read for? You know, it's a children's book. So it's K, it'd be a, it's a picture book. So mm-hmm. it's um, K through five is who we're writing it to. However, mm-hmm. I believe this message and what I've seen is this message is for the whole family. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that we do is at the end, we have some questions for the family to go over and how they can make their own mission. They can totally steal ours or they can, you know, make their own. And um, we provide that as well, um, a family mission guide where they can kind of ask themselves questions and stuff. So I really do feel like it, 
it is made, it's a children's book, mm-hmm. but whether you are five years old or 45 or 55 or 65, or all the premise, be strong, protect the weak, love everyone can be for everyone. And I hope it is. Yeah. And the rhythmic nature of the book. I mean, I got into it as I was reading it. I'm like, well, it's kind of fun. Like I'm reading this. I'm getting into it, right? <laughs> it's rhyming, you know? Right. I felt like, you know, I'm, I think I could see the dads like turn it into a, like a rap song. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Having fun I like with it. it. So, um, you know, obviously you were touched by the note when Holden came home. Did Holden, like, did he resonate with the note more than, you know, other notes? Obviously you did. You you thought it was awesome. But what about him? What was his response? I think, you know, as a kid, you kind of just go with the flow. Um, But after we really talked about it and said, wow, this is, this could be really something powerful for our family. How can we be strong? How can we protect the weak? What does that look like? What does it look like to love everyone? When we started to really break it down, that's when my kids started to take it as their own. And so I think that's so important as families is that many times I would try to make the mission for them. Okay, this is what we're doing. This is our mission. This is what we're going to do as a family. But if we give the power over to the kids, no matter how old they are, and that's one of my big things is like, kids who are three, four, five years old, they have some really awesome ideas and their hearts aren't biased yet. Um, They have some of the tenderest hearts. And if we can help them understand the the expectation of loving and serving, they have some of the greatest things. So I think when we started talking about it and saying, what do you guys think? How do you think we should do this? That's when all the ideas started kind of swirling in their head. So let's just say um, a mom or dad's listening now and they're going, okay, family mission. Like I'm hearing you say that, but what does that actually mean? So maybe take us through what does that mean to you and how could a parent go about kind of journeying with that idea in their in their own family? Yeah, I think it's if you've ever done like a mission statement or a goal for your life. So think about, you know, all of us probably uh, or some of us love doing, you know, um, vision boarding and all those different things. Basically, you're just taking those premises and you're doing it with your family. And you're saying, what are the things that are important to us? So what I always do with families and how I kind of lead them through is I say, get around the table with your family. Make it fun. Don't make it this huge to-do because that's too stressful and overwhelming and, and no one wants to do that. Go get pizza and hang around and make it just organic and say, you know, what are some of the things that are important to us? Everybody write down. Um, what's important to you? How, how, if the Hayes were to leave, you know, the neighborhood, what would people say about us? What do you want people to say about us? The Hayes were, you know, generous, kind, giving. And so write all those things down. And so we just have a chalkboard that everyone, nothing is dumb, nothing is silly. They literally write down everything. And then we kind of go around as a family and get some of those words and those phrases. And we kind of, pinpoint them to what maybe our favorites are. So we kind of vote on maybe the top three or five values for our family. You know, my kids came up um, with justice seekers. I loved that. I thought that was such a cool one. Um, We have, um, obviously, our mission is be strong, protect the weak, love everyone. But they just had different things in there that we wanted to be um, fun. I mean, that is something that's a big deal to our family, just to be fun, adventurous, um, to serve others, to love others. And then once you kind of get those different values, you kind of make it into your own statement. It doesn't have to be long. It can be, you can steal it from us. Like it can be anything. The the biggest thing after you kind of make your statement from those values is how are you going to live that out? That's the key. So literally you could have something hanging on your wall 
for the rest of your life. But if you're not actually living it and doing it, it's just a piece of paper. And so we put down a calendar and I just kind of coach families through, hey, let's get another time where we put down a calendar and we say, what are the things that are important to us? If we, if our value is to love and serve others, where are we going to do that? And so then I really have my kids. What's, what are my kids passionate about? One of my kids is passionate about homeless. And so then it's my job to kind of figure out how we can serve and love. And then we put it on the calendar. We will serve at this time, on this date, you know, just like a goal, but you're doing it with your family. And it is pretty cool what we've seen come about with that, um, the the action for that and to, to journey with other families to see them actually living out their mission is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your particular mission statement um, for just a minute. When you talk about being strong, protecting the weak, loving everyone, being strong, what is that... What does that look like for maybe a child, maybe an adult, maybe even just a whole family? What does it mean to be strong in your eyes? Yeah. So the thing that I'm trying to do is teach my kids to be who they are and to be confident in that. And that resonates with my, I want, the reason I'm teaching them that now is so when they're my age at 40, that they are strong in who they are. Because we're all going to have people that are going to say we're something different than who we are. Whether we have a background of um, family, maybe our parents said things that have still really deeply hurt us. They said we were something that we were not, but we've kind of taken that and that's become our identity. Um, whether my kids are on the you know playground and some kid is calling him something that that's not truly who he is, but if you hear it enough, you start to think that that might be who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, it resonates with everyone. And so I want to teach my kids and myself that who I am, I need to be strong in who I am, my quirks, my strengths, my weaknesses, so that when someone tells me I'm something different, that I know that that is not, that's a lie, that that I am worthy, I am valuable, I am, whether I succeed or fail, I am who I am and to be strong in that. And I think that's a journey that we'll all have for the rest of our lives, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, We're all going to have failures. We're all going to have successes. But is who we are the same person, whether we're successful or we're failing, whether someone says you're awesome or whether someone says you're the worst, Mm -hmm. how can our identity stay the same? And so that's what really that be strong is, is be strong in who you are and mm-hmm. whose you are and be confident in that. That's what that means. I love hearing the background because I, you know, I would uh, perhaps, um, you know, translate it a different way, you sure. know, in my mind, just reading it. Yeah. And so it's so fun to hear, you know, the passion behind what you mean for mm-hmm. you and your family. Talk about protecting the weak. Why is that so important to you? Yeah. So, Protecting the weak also uh, might be a little different than my, what people think. So a lot of times when you say protect the weak, people automatically, their their mind goes to, oh, we have to protect the homeless or the person on the street or this, the disabled, you know, whatever. Those are special needs. Actually, those sometimes are the persons who are the strongest. And so I kind of want to flip the script on what weakness looks like to people, um, for our family, what it means, it's not a certain person all of us will be weak at some point. My kids, I, I want them to know like you, when you're strong and when you can be the light for someone, that's your job. But when you are weak and you are down, 
it's your job to ask for someone strong to help you. And so that really is, is that piece. I want kids, I want families, I want people to know it's okay to be weak. That's actually when we're strongest. And if we have the ability to give a little extra, be a light in someone's world, that's our job to, to protect and to do that. There are many times that, you know, I'll need the same help that I might be giving someone and it's just different seasons of life. And so that really is, is what that means for us. And it really just means we have a phrase that we say in our family and it's eyes wide, light shine. And it really is just for my kids to keep their eyes wide open. It's for us as adults to keep our eyes wide open that when we're in anywhere, um, a shopping center, like right now we're at home. So we're keeping our eyes wide open to our, our home and our, maybe our neighbors from a distancing. Um, but we can still keep our eyes wide open. And all that means is that we're looking around and we're scanning to see if there's someone who needs us, whatever we can bring, whatever gifts and talents, and that's being confident in who we are, like whatever we can bring to the table. And then it's shining our light. So for my kids, it means scanning the playground before they play with their friends to see if there's anyone who needs them. For me, it might mean if I'm in a big group of friends and we're all huddled together and there's someone outside the group, then I need to be I need to be cognizant of that and bring that person in. It's at your job when you know someone's maybe being talked about, you know, stepping in that situation and and diffusing that situation. There's so many ways, but um, that to me is protect the weak. That we're just keeping our eyes open to the needs around us, and then we're letting our light shine um, on those that we can. Hey friends, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or have a side hustle, and you're having challenges growing your business, what if I told you that a breakthrough is one call away? One of the primary reasons why people work with me is because I know how to get stuff done, and I can teach you to do it as well. If you're feeling stuck, don't know how to take your next step in business, want to expand your audience and develop a loyal following, I want to invite you to set up a free 20-minute clarity call so that I can understand more about your situation and see if you're a good fit for my one-on-one Rise Up Business Coaching Program. Go to insporising.com slash call. It's insporising.com slash call. Pick a day and time that works for you. We'll jump on the phone for a clarity call and see if you're a good fit to take the next step. Let's talk about this whole idea of loving everyone. Uh, that's the last part of this mantra or mission that you have, um, which seems pretty challenging uh, these days with just division in our country, whether it's politics or certain issues or, you know, it feels like, um, how can I love people when they're trying to kill me or, you know, what I mean? right, people right. have that, you know, thought, obviously. Sure. Um, how do you suggest that we do that? Love everyone. We joke when I when I tell my husband, I'm like, why'd you have to write that? I'm like, that's the worst because it's so hard. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why couldn't you write like love everyone sometimes or love the, the good people? <laughs> like that's, that is the hardest one. So in the book, um, there is the situation of Holden being treated unkind. And then we talk to him about loving anyway, that you still, we're still called to love even the people who aren't kind to us. Mm-hmm. Of course there's boundaries and all those things. And that's a whole nother podcast, but, um, just loving everyone is that hard one. It is very hard to do. It's something that doesn't come probably naturally to most of us because we want to love the people that it's easy to love. We want to love the people who give us something in return. I had a conversation with someone the other day um, and they were loving and giving, but maybe not getting a thanks in return. Hmm. 
And they were maybe upset about that. And when I thought about it, I thought, but that's not why we love to get Mm -hmm. thanks in return. It makes us feel good. And that's what we're accustomed to. But if we're truly loving with all of our hearts, the good, the bad, the ugly, we're not doing it to get something else. We are loving with no agenda. That is true love, is to Mm -hmm. love with no agenda attached, nothing Mm -hmm. attached to it. And so I don't know really how to do that all the time. But I think if I can put in my mind little simple things that I can do every day, for us right now, it could just be giving grace. Um, It could be playing with my kids when I really have other stuff to do, but they maybe need help with something or they just want to play. They want to do ninja warrior course outside. You know, for our community, it could be just going out of our own way. I always think true love is sacrifice. So it's usually sacrificing something, whether it's time, you know, being comfortable, whatever. True love is usually you're having to sacrifice something. Um, so loving with no agenda and doing that in just very simple, simple ways. Mm-hmm. How, how, let's see, how old are your kids again? So now they are 11 and eight. 11 and eight. Um, do they at any point um, roll their eyes at the, any of these three? Like, come on, mom. Can we just like, <laughs> can we just like play video games? Why do we have to like be strong? Lovely, I know. Do so they I'm do that sh- yet? Yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, I don't, I'm a pretty um, sarcastic mom. And so we, you know, play around with it and joke around. Um, and I'm sure this is my work. This is my life's work. So we talk about it all the time. I'm doing podcast, you know, with others. And, you know, this is just something that has just become part of our life. And so I think they don't do that too much now, but, but I give them a lot of empowerment to pick what they want to do. And mm-hmm. instead of just saying we are going to do, and sometimes I do say that, no, like, I don't care if you want to serve today. Like we are going to serve today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just who we are as a family and we're just, we're going to do it. But a lot of times I give them permission to pick and to choose. And I really try to learn their heart and what they are passionate about and excited mm-hmm. about. And when we can help, when we can serve others um, with our passions and with our kids' interest in mind, that's when they get into it. Now, serving mm-hmm. is not glamorous. Serving is messy and vulnerable and sacrificial. But when you can get your family invested in something that they love and that they're passionate about, Mm-hmm. that's when it starts to to change for everybody. You talk about serving. What does that, what does that mean? What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, for us, it, it means hands, you know, hands and feet um, for us. So for instance, um, we serve with a local homeless shelter. They screen print all of our apparel. And so we've become friends with them. And so it's very important that I want my kids to be in that space with me. I want my kids to see they only know what they know, right? And so if I don't ever put them in a place that's different than them, that backgrounds are different than them, that people have different stories, they'll never have empathy for those things. And mm-hmm. so it is very much my job to make sure that they are in specific places that others are different. Now, I think a isn't lot that of dangerous times... dangerous though, Christy? Like, isn't that dangerous to be around those types of people? Yeah, Aren't they sure. going to hurt your kids? <laughs> um, you know, it could. They could. That's it what could. a lot of families, that's what a lot of moms and dads are thinking. Come on. It, like, you it, know what I mean? Like, we, right. I don't even want to go near a person like that that's living on the street. Why would I even want my kid coming near somebody like that? My goodness. And you're, that, you're an irresponsible mother. 
Like, yeah. I might need to turn you in. <laughs> that is many times the first thought from people. So what we do with our families is we go and serve at these places. And I always have, every time we go, we just went... Um, probably three months ago, and we brought a bunch of families to come. And I always preface it because I've been doing this a long time. And I always say, here's what you're going to feel. And here is... And that's okay. Totally fine to feel what you just said. Totally fine. Um, But I promise you, if you get to know their stories and you have conversation with them, you will think differently. And I know from experience, because I think that was me for a long time, of they were the other. Um, I was, that's, that's not my job. Um, but when my heart truly opened is when I started to get to know um, these people. And when I started to get to know those who, their story. So everything changes for me. Um, everything, every perspective, e- my heart just is burst wide open. And so the first thing you have to do is get to know people like that. And that are different than you, and be open. And yeah, it can be scary, absolutely. Um, and it's okay for your kids to be nervous about that too. I, we went with a a lady who used to take us downtown, and she said, "If you ever feel nervous, if you ever feel scared, you know, here's the sign that you give me, and we'll go back and put you in the car." And so, there are so many boundaries that you. I think it's good to talk about that with your kids sure. um, and families. But when we build, I like to say the word kinship, and I say serving a lot. But it needs to be a mutual serving because if we go in with a heart like, I'm going in to serve, I'm so awesome, you know, this is all the things that I can give you, that will not change your heart. But if we can have a mutual kinship with those who are different than us, where they're serving me and I'm serving them and our, it's a friendship, that's when things change. And so when I go into the homeless shelter, I have friends there now. I don't go to just serve, I actually love it. I have friends there and I'm learning more from you know, the single mom who does our fulfillment, then she'll ever learn from me. You know, the stories that she's told me, the things that she's been over to overcome, it makes my stress look ridiculous. You know, it makes the things that I go through like, oh, well, I can do that. If she can do that, I can definitely do this. So it just, mm-hmm. you know, I just say to people all the time, just get in those places, find someone who already does it, go with them. You don't need to like, go by yourself, um, find someone who's already doing that and just tag along and be vulnerable. And it's okay to be scared, um, but it will literally change your life. Mm -hmm. I love the stories my kids tell us when they come home from hanging out with their friends. My kids are 17 or 20. And so they'll be going somewhere to LA or San Diego, or I don't know, wherever, wherever they're venturing off to with their friends. And they'll want to go to this, you know, hipster kind of thing. And it's like in a quote unquote rough area and their friends will start freaking out. You know, like, no, 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 we can't be down here. This is totally unsafe. We can't do this. And they're like, why? Like, these are just people, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's because we have gone to all sorts of different places and you just talk to and connect with all sorts of different people, not just in the U S but outside of the U S and, um, and not that you want to be, you know, you got to kind of figure out what is sure safe or appropriate or, you know, whatever. But um, personally, I would feel comfortable walking into almost any situation. Mm-hmm. And and part of it is you also have to develop the skills of being able to connect with someone real quick sure. and know sure. that uh, this is not an us against them situation. It's just, hey, we're in this together. Yeah. Um, but it is fun to have your own kids mm-hmm. pushing the envelope with other kids. That's fun. Go, that's, that's something to look forward know? to. Yeah. yeah it's I, super fun. 
I th- and I think that's probably because you did that where you were an example to show them like that these are just people. I always laugh when my little girl um, first went into the homeless shelter, she's probably seven and we had already had, you know, homeless encounters. And I said, Hey, just want to let you know, this is our guy that does the printing. He's so, he's awesome. But you know, if you're nervous or whatever. And she's like, she like walked right in. She's like, Hey, she's like, I want to print. And he's teaching her how to print. And I'm like, okay. Like, and, and they just, they don't even bat an eye now um, when they go into places or like we went to San Francisco and there was a guy who was <laughs> like almost completely naked, like walking down the street, you know, um, mentally ill and just like talking. And I, and I don't even think my kids really even, they kind of looked and were like, huh, we've seen that before. And then they just kind of, you know, walk on by or, or, or see if he needs something, you know? Um, so it's just, it is interesting. I think when we, we just can't be afraid to get our kids in front of people that are different than them. As families are going about this, um, it feels like they could use some handholding, you know, in the process, you know, and I know that you do that. You call it family coaching. Is that correct? We do. Um, we call it family coaching. And I, it's funny, I've always, I've been a coach for most of my life, whether it be basketball, I used to coach high school basketball. I was a fitness trainer for a while. Um, I love the word coach because it's, it's, it means you're challenging, but you're also encouraging, you're cheering on. But when I think of like family coaching, I, I am doing all those things, but I'm doing it with you. So I like to say like family, I'm, we're journeying with you. We do not have it all down. The great thing is that I've, we've worked with families for about 15 years. And so I, I've seen some awesome families do it right. And so I'm just pulling from many of the things that they've done and that has worked with our families. So yeah, we journey with families through some tough topics um, and topics that they maybe want to strengthen their family with. It could be how to know your kids' love languages and their heart so you can really speak into them. Um, family, How to make a family mission. This month, we're talking about how to serve with your family, um, intentional time spent with your family. We're spending a lot of intentional time right now. But before you know, covid we were all over the place. And how do we make those moments really count? And so, yeah, we just take a bunch of topics. We teach on those. We send them the teaching and then we send them a tool for them to work on that month and just a challenge. And then they're in a private Facebook group. So I really don't want to bombard people with like, here's all the things that you need to do to be an awesome parent. You know, it's just one thing a month and they're just kind of working on that one thing and we're doing it with them together. Um, And then we are very vulnerable to say, "Mm, that didn't work for our family how did it work for you? And they might say, well, my kids are older or younger and this is what worked instead. And, and so it's just a community of people who are journeying together to strengthen their family so that they can go and love and serve others well um, in their community. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would pitch in and say that there is, um, you cannot start this too early. Like you, you cannot start this too early because starting it, if I were to start something like this with my kids at 17 and 20, it's a way different conversation than to start this with my kids at seven months and 20 months. Sure. Because even at seven months and 20 months, you can begin to, I, I know it's a little, little crazy, but you can begin to even instill these types mm-hmm. of values and experiences in kids and they will grow up and have that type of flavor and outlook and heart for the world for a lifetime. Um, So if you're listening and you have young kids, it's not too young. They're not too young, not too early. 
It's and it's never too late too. I always say, you know, I want the youngest kid because if the, if that's all they ever know, then it's just in their DNA. Then they're not my age and going, well, should I serve this person or is that too hard? Or it, there's no question. It's just like, well, of course, that's what we. That's how we live. That's what we do. Um, but the older I've seen, what's been neat is I have some. We have some older teenagers um, and families, and just even starting that conversation has been interesting for them. And yes, the earlier the better because you can kind of you know help them and um, get them in the right mindset. But I I always say it's never too early. It's never too late. So good. I love what you're doing. And you have a podcast, the Be Love Podcast. Tell us all about that. Yeah. So that is just us finding people who are living love in creative ways. So that could be the CEO of a company who's just doing something extra special in the way that he treats his employees or treats the community. It could be an advocate for the homeless. It could be nonprofit leaders. It could be anyone who is just helping others, um, live out love. And so we just share those in, in hopes to inspire the listener to live out love in their own way. What No way is the best. No way is big or small. All love matters. It's what we always say. Like it just, however you can love the world. That's why I always love to help people know their gifts and talents because that's how they love the world. They don't have to do what I do. Some people watch me and they're like, I don't want to start a company. That's stressful. Like, I don't want to speak that, that I don't want to do all that. I'm like, don't do that. Do what you do. What you're gifted at. You, I, we need your personality and your talents and your gifts. And so I know you do a lot of that. Is helping people kind of unlock what their gifts and talents are, so they can, so they can, um, so they can do that. So that, so Be Love Podcast. That's what it is. I love it. All right. One last question. Yeah. What's the tattoo on your left arm? Oh, it is. This is a great story. Um, this is B. So our logo for our company is. B. It's very simple. It's, you know, B Strong Stories, our company, but our logo is a B with a square around it, period. But this tattoo was almost five years before our company was ever, ever even thought of. And so um, for me, this B, I had a whole literally come to Jesus moment about eight years ago. And um, because I'm a doer, because I'm a driven person, my worth was in what I did and not who I was. And so I had to have a whole literal stripping of that to know that my worth was in just the be, just mm. being who I am and not what I do. And so um, that was just a reminder for, for me to remember that. Um, and now it is the logo of our company. And those two things at the time had nothing to do with each other. So sure. it's very interesting how that's come full circle. Yeah, beautiful connection. Very fun. Well, Christy, thanks for all that you and your family are doing. I love it. I admire what you're doing and I encourage people to get the book, uh, The Lunchbox Note, A Story About Loving Others. And they can get that on your website and it's at bestrongstory.com. All those links to the podcast, the family coaching and the book will be in the show notes. If you're on your iPhone, you can swipe up now and click the links or go to our website and find them all. So Christy, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. If you found this episode to be inspiring or helpful, please share it with a friend. Take a screenshot on your phone, text them the image, and tell them to subscribe to the Inspiration Rising podcast on their favorite podcast app. Or they can listen on our website at insporising.com. And don't forget to sign up for Inspo Text, our daily inspirational text message, Text me right now, 949-401-6090. That's 
401-6090. All right, love you guys. Have a wonderful week.